We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend. The person whose name exemplifies awesomeness. Norm Hightower. For our Thursday night, we're going to be going into Friday morning podcast. Lots still going on, and believe it or not, even though the Rams are maybe done trading, lots going on, maybe, being the key. We'll talk about that in a minute. Norm, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? It's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer. Of course, I'm not sure I can say that. It's raining here again. It's like a freaking uh, monsoon. It was 70 and sunny here today. Yeah, shut it. Uh. <laughs> it's like 50 and rain and rain and rain. Tomorrow, possibly snow. Oh, gosh. 
Okay. Uh, before we move forward, folks, hey, head on over to iTunes, please. Give, give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate your uh, subscribing as well. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Oh, we are on radio at iebeat.com. Also on Android and, of course, Google Play. Check us out, folks. Please, uh, also on Twitter at TalkRams, ramstalk.net. You know the jazz. Okay. So we're getting right into it. Uh, first of all, if you don't want to give us a five-star review and you only want to give us a three-star, go ahead. Be honest. But we'd love the five-star review. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. You know, give us a five-star. I'd really appreciate it instead of giving us that low review if you just happen to send us an email and tell us why. You know, I mean, we, 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 uh, we do want to make this show a, you know, a good show. That's our goal. Our goal was to make this the best Rams podcast out there. And, you know, through feedback, we'll get there. And... You know, we we believe in what we're doing. We believe in the people that listen to our show. So, hey, if you got feedback, email us, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. And you know that that means a lot to us as well. Yes, sir. Thank you for all your support, by the way. We've been growing leaps and bounds lately. And it's uh, it's all because of you guys listening to us and giving us your comments, feedback, and suggestions. So thank you so much for supporting our show. All right. So moving forward here, the first topic on the list is all kinds of rumors going out there right now all kinds of oh boy just talk and talk and talk about the next big rams move the potential move for obj odell beckham jr all kinds of rumors that this could be first round picks and players going over there in exchange for him and how you feel about the possible this happening well i still don't know that it's possible I, I mean, it's it's real because they're still talking about it, but I've seen rumors from a first round, the, our first round, our 23rd pick this year, and a third and a fourth next year. I've heard rumors of a first and a first. I've heard some way out there rumors of, you know, two firsts and some players. If we give up two firsts and players for Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> I, I'm going to lose faith and less need more than you know, give him kudos, but he's, he's a great player. Sure. But I, I don't think he's worth all that. I mean, look at the talent that we've acquired so far this year. I just don't think we need to sell the farm to get one player. And, uh, I really hope they don't sell the farm. If they can get him for a first and a third or a first and a fourth from next year, uh, I'm, I'd be along with that. I mean, he's, he's definitely worth it. He's a good player and he could be, the top wide receiver in the country, but I don't want him to give up too much for him. And we have a lot of players in our own house we need to take care of that are important to our team, and I'd really hate to see them give up too much and make that even more difficult. Especially if you start talking about some of the money I've heard, like a five-year or six-year, $100 million deal. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of players to, to pay coming up in the next, you know, the next season, and I know we have a lot of dra- uh, a lot of cap space, but I don't know that we have that much cap space to have an Aaron Donald, possibly extending Sue, Gurley, Goff. You start adding all this stuff up, and that money goes pretty quickly. So I'm just hoping they do it smart and they don't give up too much. Well, the only way the money works is if the Rams get him now, sign him now, extend Donald quickly, front load their contracts so the back ends of those contracts allow them to go ahead and pay Gurley 
and Goff. That's still going to be tough to do. It's it's doable. They're going to have to move things around. But you're, you're talking about having to really, really restructure this team in order to keep the core of it together, even, even if you're making this run. It's clear the Rams are making a shot. They're, they're going for it. They're going all in for 2018 and possibly 2019. It, but in order to do that, again, you have to be willing to front load Aaron Donald, especially Aaron Donald. You're going to have to. And you're going to front load OBJ. That's the only way you can do it. That's going to be close to probably $40 million between those two players alone. Sure. It's possible. There is there is flexibility after this season to do that. That's still, that's really going to change the game long-term for the Rams as well. I don't like the idea also of giving up players for them. There's rumors of players going around, the, and the players I'm hearing rumors right now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm okay with one of them going. I'm not okay with the other player going. And, um, until we can verify that the sourcing we're hearing, and we're not going to mention names, but I I don't want to see players going at this point. You you just spent all this time putting players into the system and building up the roster, and we have no idea how OBJ would pan out on this roster. So I I just can't. I he's he's worth to me that he's worth the two first rounders. I wouldn't go further than that. No, I wouldn't either. I think you could actually do less, uh, especially if, if okay, who do you think's in a better position to win right now, the Giants or us? And I think he sees that we're in a better position to win. I think we have a more dynamic offense than he's, than he's been playing in, although a player of his caliber coming in, a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people think Sammy Watkins was up there in that area, not not Odell Beckham Jr.'s, but, you know, up there in that upper top 10 echelon and look at, you know, the amount of catches and stuff that he got last year. So I think there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration if you're talking about bringing Beckham in. And I think he's taking a lot of those considerations in too. You can't warrant paying a guy that much money if he's going to only get Sammy Watkins type numbers. And I just don't know that our offense is set up to give him the looks that he's going to want. And so I, I could see there being some potential problems there. And we're going to go into some of this other stuff too, but there's people out there saying that, you know, we're taking in all the problem children uh, to play on our team and it's going to be a riot in the locker room and all that. Well, if you bring OBJ in and he's not getting his touches, what do you think you're going to get there? So I'm a little concerned about it. Um, I could see the, it's kind of like the, the the forbidden fruit so to speak you just he's everybody wants him because he's just that dynamic of a player i just don't know that he's going to have that kind of impact on our team so we'll we'll see i mean his his athleticism and his numbers and everything make him worthy of a number one pick and possibly two but uh i just don't know with the players that we have right now, if we can really afford to spend that much money and make it hard on ourselves in that respect. And I, I still stick to what I said. Until this becomes real, uh, to me, it's just not going to happen. That's how I feel. And, and, you know, when we talked about Sue and someone directly called in and asked, do we think Sue is going to sign with the Rams or not? I was the one that said he was. You were the one that said he wasn't. So I'm going to stick my neck out there and say Beckham doesn't come here. And I'm going to say it's starting to look that way. 
Okay. Just because, and it's just because it's you know normal. These rumors, if they're just rumors, they die. They'll they'll stay hot for a couple of days, and then little by little, they'll they'll start to go away, and we'll start hearing new sources. And all we're hearing now, Rams are in on this. Rams are in on this. And you know when you get enough smoke, there's fire. So I I really think that it's possible, but there has to be a line you draw. And not just if you're going to make a deal for OBJ, any other star. There has to be a line you draw on what you're going to send that package. The Rams have they've done a great job of moving people around. You know, basically they got Sue for Robert Quinn, and they got a fourth rounder out of it. If you, in a roundabout way, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So they've done a great job moving people around, but in the process, you're still losing draft picks here and there. There is no right. second round pick. You're now you're going to to risk the first round pick and next year's first round pick newsflash this team needs linebackers <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they need some depth and so you, you how much at one point do you want to weaken this team more jeez uh, that said if you can get OBJ for a first in a lower rounder or even the two firsts I think it's worth it but no more than that you leave the players out of it you, the players right now are where they need to be. You don't don't know what players going out. It's almost as Tavon. I'd be okay with that. I mean that well because because they've already pretty much given up on them. There's, you, you already write them off anyway, so you might as well just send them over there and give them a new life in New York. You probably do well, well there. Well, and his contract is affordable now too, to where people might want to take a risk on him. So sure, sure. I mean he's in a play it. He's in play it mode now. You're you're trying to earn your contract. Absolutely. And, and speaking of. You know, I'm speaking of all this stuff about the Rams and all the moves they've made. You and I we just saw this video from FS1. Uh, speak for yourself in this interview. Jason Whitlock, Mark Schlereth, and these guys are talking about that it's arrogance, especially Jason Whitlock. That's arrogance of what the Rams are doing in terms of just going out there and getting all these players and all these crazy personalities and, and then saying, you know what, they'll work in our system. How did you feel about that discussion? Well, honestly, I think Jason Whitlock is being arrogant and thinking that he knows everything is going to be bad for us. And his last comment in the interview is what really got me when he said, well, watch, Sue's going to miss six to seven games this year due due to injury. Sue hasn't missed a game due to injury in his entire career. So that was kind of a stupid statement on his part. I think he's being arrogant and trying to act like he's all, you know, I know everything and you guys are making bad mistakes. And, you know, take it for what it's worth from the source it's coming from. The Rams are in win-it-now mode. They were close last year. They're making moves this year to get players to take us over the top. If that's arrogance, then I want to be arrogant. Well, think of this way. This team didn't make the playoffs for 14 years. Didn't have a winning season for 14 years. Can you blame them for going for it? No. That's why I say what, what. what really irked me, actually, was his comparison to Chester McLaughlin. Uh-huh. Chester McLaughlin was a good player. He's no Sue. My, he, okay, let's just be honest, and no offense out there, Chester, if you ever happen to listen to this show. As a player on the field, he, didn't, he couldn't hold Sue's, Sue's jock. <laughs> Sue's that much better of a player. He's that much better of a football player. He's that much more dominant of a football player. To even say that, to me makes no sense 
So what, the Chiefs in 1990 go out there and get Chester McLaughlin and the other Super Bowl contenders? Come on. He, he oh. was not an all-pro like that. Sue is dominant across the board. You're talking about a guy who's been to Pro Bowls, all-pros. This is who you're talking about here. You're talking like, about Sue, who has 51 and a half sacks in his career, which for a defensive tackle ranks second among all active defensive tackles, only trailing Geno Atkins. Aaron Donald has uh, 39 career sacks in four fewer seasons. So, obviously, he's on track to beat that. But, I mean, that's just one statistic to look at with him. And how disruptive Sue is in the backfield, whether he gets the sacks or not, makes him an insane player. Then you look at his PFF grades. For the last three years, um, he's averaged over 90 in his PFF grades, which, you know, he's only been below 80 once in his career. So, and, and like I said, he's only missed two games in his career, and it was due to suspension, not due to injury. So you take all those things into play, and he's by far one of the best defensive tackles that has been around in a very, very long time. So if you think signing Sue is arrogant you know, his point is he thinks that he's saying that Sean McVay thinks he is such a good coach that he can coach anyone whether they have an attitude or not. Well, yeah, Sue stepped on a few guys and did a few things early on in his career, but what have you really heard of Sue doing lately? I think he did something this last year, but it was he didn't get suspended for or anything. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I, I, we've had players on our own teams do do things that you know, they don't get suspended for all these, these guys get paid a lot of money and they're high profile people and they're out in the public a lot and everything they do is under scrutiny. He hasn't done anything that bad in a very long time, but he's always had that dirty tag put on him. You know, I've known, I've known of Sue and followed his career long before he was drafted in the NFL. He's always been a great football player. So I think he's just trying to say, we, you know, McVeigh just thinks he can coach anybody and do a great job. Well, you brought in one of the top, I'd say, three defensive tackles, if not four defensive tackles in the league to play against, to play next to the number one defensive tackle in the league. That tells me you're trying to stop the run and be dominant. That doesn't tell me you're being arrogant. And I think he's just being totally arrogant in his opinion about the Rams and about Sean McVeigh. I think he's being a hypocrite, so to speak. Well, it's it's a, it's his hot take, really. It's all it's all it really is. Here's the reality of it, too: is he's talking about the character of these guys, Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Dominican Sue. Tell me, all those guys, yeah, they they're hotheads in the field. What have they done off the field? Right. Nothing. They haven't done a darn freaking thing. So why on earth are are we worried about dealing with these guys? If you can just if you had the leaders in the team to help keep them calm in idiot situations, they're going to be fine. It's not like they're out there doing drugs and out there getting in restaurant. They're not. Well, they're not and, at all. And they have the perfect coach on defense to keep them under control in Wade Phillips. Now, speaking of which, now and this is where you're mentioning with the possibility of OBJ. Now, if OBJ comes in, there's been some recent pictures showing up of him and doing some things. It looks like he, there might there might be. Let me stress the words might be some drugs in those pictures, but that's, that, that's a different story. Now you're talking about things off the field and I can see some point there saying, okay, you know, enough's enough, but 
the reality is the guys they brought in are guys who have always behaved themselves off the field. They've never been in trouble. They've never been a problem. And so when you start saying, well, these guys are character guys, what character are you talking about? They're passionate about the game. They want to win. They care enough to, on the field to where they're going to, they, they probably care a little too much. It's personal. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just a big pile of dog crap, if you ask me. And, you know, he can take his opinion and shove it right up where the sun don't shine, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well. And you, and, and, you, and you know I was watching my language there, because I'd say it a whole lot different in person. Yeah, yeah. Before we were on iBeat Radio, you've been cussing up a storm. The, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, iBeat, for helping us censor Norm. You know, another thing to think about, too, with what he's saying is, is I don't know about you, but don't you want to have a coach who believes he can coach anybody? Well, of course you do. And, and any good coach is going to believe that. I, I mean, I coached, and I always thought I could change every single player on the field. It's If you don't feel like you can, you shouldn't be a coach. So, you know, again, for who it's for who's saying it and what he's saying, yeah, it's it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors and fog to me. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. And, you know, I understand these guys, you know, Jason Whitlock and, and who are the other guys? Who who's, comes to mind? Skip Bayless. You know, Stephen A. Smith. These guys are all paid for the hot take. I get it. And sometimes we're going to agree with it. And, and they're, they're, we're doing exactly what they want us to do. We're, we're talking about the garbage they say. Exactly. But the reality is, is I'm sure he's not the only person thinking that. He's just, he's just saying the things that other people are thinking. Flat out, though, it's a bunch of garbage. This well, is a franchise that hasn't, hasn't won in forever. Let him, let him go for it. I believe that if it wasn't the Rams and it was a team that has been winning for a while, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if they did the same thing. Oh, why? I think he's just picking on us because we had one good season and now we think we can do everything. And that, to me, is somewhat cowardly to say. So, yes, I just called him a coward on on our show. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way, but one way I do feel is this: I, I, you know, when it comes down to this game, you only get such and such a, an opportunity, right, to win. You only get such and such an opportunity to make that impact. You only uh, a running back's career is only five to six years on average. You you have to go for it. And if the opportunities are there, you take the shot. Doesn't matter right. if you went three and thirteen the year before. At least they're taking the shot. How many times have you and I sat down and had a football conversation where they just didn't go for it, and we're ticked because they didn't go for it? Right. Well, and the fact you know, like when we had our podcast the other day where we had Stevie on, and we're talking about you know we used to look forward to hearing things like Jared Cook and and who was your favorite player, Cortland Finnegan. Oh. <laughs> You know, we were excited to hear that news. They brought somebody in in free agency. Woohoo! You know, it's crazy. And now they're bringing in guys like Sue, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. I mean, these are guys. These are guys that are all pros and Pro Bowlers and difference makers. And now you want to call us arrogant? Well, I guess arrogance equals smart, and arrogance equals wanting to win. And arrogance means tired of losing for so many freaking years that we want to do something about it. So he can, like I said, he can take his opinion and shove it wherever. Well, the Rams also have one other thing that they have to worry about, and that's winning over L.A. 
Let's be honest. The Chargers come up there with this whole battle for L.A. mantra. The Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. They already have a quarter of Raider fans in L.A. You and I were out there around New Year's. We saw, you know, some of the the positives and negatives of the area. You know, you want to win this city over. And let's just be honest. L.A. is a city of stars. Sure. and And if you want to help get these people on board with you, not just... For the future, but now, if you want to win them over the Chargers and the Raiders and so on and so forth, you got to show how badly you want to win. And you got to go out there and be willing to put your on the line to do it. Exactly. And, you know, bring in those dynamic players, bring in those personalities, spend, you know, it's been reported now that you're spending up to $5 billion on a stadium. In the property uh, around it. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, what else would do you want the guy to do? He's trying to, you know, McVeigh and and Cronky and all those guys, Snead, they're all trying to make this team better, make it a winner, make it dynamic, and what better place to do that but in L.A.? And honestly, for the last 10 years, when have we signed a player in free agency of the of the caliber of the players that we're we're talking about now? There there hasn't been. I know. There hasn't so been. so so if that guy wants to call us arrogant for going out one year and getting some good players, he can kiss my rear end. So let's not give him any more credit and let's move on to something new. All right, well, let's move on to the Golden Ram Barbershop. Okay, so speaking of our visit out to California, we we stopped by, you know, Sal Martinez's shop, the one that we've told you over and over again has been open since the day the Rams moved to St. Louis. They're still there. It's his shrine to the Rams. That's his shop. You go in there, you see his walls covered with jerseys. He's got helmets. He's got pictures. You name it, he's got it. Give him a call. 714-894-7267. Get a great haircut there and a great atmosphere of, of the old school barbershop type. It's at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. 92683. Hours of operation, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., closed on Sundays at 714-894-7267. Sal, do a great job on your hair. He'll talk Rams football with you. He'll talk NFL football with you. It's the old school barbershop experience. Give him a call. One more time. 714-894-7267. All right. So the big goal of today's show was to really break down Sue. So... We, we gave Norm some homework. We just, you know, happened to give him all the goodies. And him being the old ball coach, our X and Y kind of guy. X's and O's. X's and O's, not Y's. I'm, I'm thinking math. I'm in school mode. <laughs> um, X and O kind of guy. He's the one that will break this down for you. And so, buddy, what did you come up with? Well, I think it's important. A lot of people don't understand the lingo when you're talking about defensive line and offensive line schemes and things like that. You know, in fact, a couple of years ago with the Rams talk crew, I was talking about, you know, how you can call uh, different offensive formations, you know, different techniques and things like that. And so I was trying to educate them on it. And, and I found that a lot of people that I've talked to uh, don't know the terminology. So I thought I'd do a little bit of that in the beginning so let's talk about, you know, everybody says Aaron Donald's a three technique. Okay, so what is a three technique? On on the defensive line, basically over the center's face mask is zero. 
and then each of his shoulders would be labeled a one. And then two I or two inside would be the guard's inside shoulder. The guards are two. The outside of the guard shoulder is three. So if you're a three technique, you're lining up on the outside of the guard's shoulder in between the guard and the tackle, but shading more towards the guard. That's typically what Aaron Donald plays, and that's typically what Sue has played. Now, Sue's been in a 4-3, so he might end up in a 4 technique or a 5 technique. And a 4 technique is straight up on the tackle, and a 5 technique is on the outside shoulder of the tackle. So when you start talking about techniques, and it goes, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, and all that stuff too. And you can just kind of figure it out for yourself or look it up on, on Google or things like that. But what... What Brockers and Donald have been primarily playing in the Rams 3-4 is a three technique, which puts them on the outside shoulder of the guards. And then the outside linebackers are typically in a, in a five to a seven or a five to a nine technique, which is out, you know, the outside of the tackle or outside the tight end. So if Brockers and Donald both play a three or a four technique, that would leave Sue playing a zero or a one, which is on the, you know, straight up on the, the center or, or on the shoulders of the center, which is typically called a nose guard. Now, why do I think Sue can play that position? Well, number one, he's strong, he's big, he's heavy, and that's exactly what you want for a nose tackle. And you don't have to be a guy that's played nose tackle your whole life to play it. What you have to be is disruptive, your job is not necessarily to make tackles or to stop the run. Your job is to stand up the offensive lineman and fill the hole and plug the hole so that the linebackers can come in and make the tackles. That's simple X's and O's. The difference that Sue makes is Sue can take out one or two guys and actually penetrate the backfield, stop the running back, or pressure or sack the quarterback. And that's something that's elite in the NFL when you can do that. You pair that up with Donald, Donald's typically drawing a double team. If Sue draws a double team and he's playing right next to Donald, what, what happens? Your linebackers have a free field to just you know come up the middle all day long. And you've got guys like Brockers who might only be you know single, single covered and not double teamed. And it, 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 essentially it's going to wreak havoc on the offensive line. You're going to have guys get confused on double teams. You're going to have Donald beating double teams. You're going to have Sue beating double teams. And it's really going to make things difficult, not only for them to run, but to pass. And if our backfield, defensive backfield, can stop, you know, keep receivers from getting open and the line's plugged up, all that that leaves is tight ends and, and running backs out of the backfield that, you know, short, usually shorter passes that the linebackers would cover. So... Right now, that's our area of concern, obviously, is what are they going to do at linebacker. But having, having Sue in the middle of our defense, it's definitely going to just disrupt everything. Because if he can draw any double team at all, which I have a feeling he's going to draw a lot, that's going to open up the field for Donald. It's going to open up the field for Brockers. If they double team Donald and they don't double team Sue, Sue's going to wreak havoc. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I would hate to be the center or the quarterback on the opposing team and look over and see Sue and Donald standing next to each other. The other thing is they all three can play all three positions. Donald can come in and play the nose. He's he's Donald's shorter, got quick hands. He can get under the center, push him backwards. I mean, he can do that on any place on the defensive line. 
Brockers is a big dude. Brockers can go in and play nose tackle. So you could you could put Brockers in a nose tackle and have have Sue on one side and and Donald on the other. It's just gonna you know you could line them up all over. That's the really cool thing about it. So I really think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see Sue playing a lot of zero and one technique, and it's really gonna wreak havoc on them. And just to give us some examples too on the numbers here. You got our for our, our wonderful source over there at Pro Football Focus, Aaron Donald. In defensive interior grades this year, scored the highest in the league at 99.7. It wasn't even close. Gino Atkins was second with 91.5. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, Sue, though, was fifth in the league at 91.0. Michael Brockers, 31st in the league with an A3.1. So the Rams have, in terms of interior linemen, they have three of the top 31 interior linemen in the league. Now, Interior run grades, this is even better. Sue actually ranked better than Aaron Donald against the run. His run grade was 92.4. Michael Brockers was 10th in the league at 88. And Aaron Donald was an 87.5 in run defense. Okay? So, three of the top 12 interior run defenders in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. Pass rush grades, Aaron Donald, again, not close. He's number one. In the league, 99.9 pass rush grade. Fletcher Cox is next to 90.3. Sue is 12th at 83.9. Now, this is where we see some loss here. Michael Brockers, his his score was 50 for pass rush last year. So he's not he's just not a pass rusher. Not even close. So, and that's where his grade goes down. If he could develop pass rush, he would be his grade would be so much higher. He's already made 3.1 without pass rush. So that's Brockers has been underrated there. How much do you want to bet, though, with Sue and Donald playing on the same line? Brockers' numbers go up this year. They should. They should. And another thing, too, about his grades overall, since 2010, Sue's grades, check this out, 81.8, 78.4, and then here we go, 86.1, 89.1, 88, 92.5, 89.3, 91.0. So since his third year in the league, he's never been below 86. He's been 86 or higher. He's been consistently between an 86 and a 91 grade. Matter of fact, this last year was his second highest grade of his career. So he's consistent. Yep. Consistent. Leads the league and, you know, not leads the league, but he's in the top 10 in most categories. And he's never missed a game due to injury. Jeez. Yeah, and he had one negative ranked game last year, and that's it. Jeez, it's real tough to bring somebody like that on our team, isn't it? Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. So, so will I take a guy with some attitude that can bring those kind of numbers in? Absolutely. But what's the really, what's the, the attitude with him? Well, it's Did on the you... field. He wants to, he wants to win. He's mean. He's tough. I mean, don't, you know, people watch the old, uh, the old football movies where the guys are clotheslining each other and doing all this. He's just, he's just a tough dude. He wants to go in there and, you know, his adrenaline starts pumping and he's mean. And that's what you want. You don't want some, you know, cream puff going in there and playing. You want some guy with some attitude. And you definitely get that with Sue. Well, I know some of the feedback on him, you know, at least was the consideration was a lack of leadership. Well, Miami releases him off the contract that he had, a big contract. And it's, they're, they're trying to change their culture. But you'll notice no one said as he's leaving he was a bad leader. No one said that he was, you know, horrible what they're saying, what really just said, well, the message I'm getting is he's just not a leader. And not everybody's meant to be a leader. Not everybody's meant to be the, this, this 
person who steps up and, and takes charge. Maybe he just goes in there and dominates. Not everybody who dominates is a leader. And I don't think it's fair to, for that to be the judgment. Now, I guess if, well, maybe it is fair. When you're getting paid $20 million a year, I guess the expectation is you're going to lead. But Well, okay, so what kind of a leader is Aaron Donald? He doesn't. He's not considered a leader on the team. A lot, not as late. I mean, he might be now, but he doesn't talk much. He doesn't lead. Much. He goes out there and plays and leads by example. Well, Sue can do the same thing. That doesn't make him not a leader if he's not outspoken about you know things on the field. All I know is it only takes one leader on a field to run a team, and if the Rams can have somebody that can go out there and lead, and those guys can go up there and just wreak havoc, so be it. Well, you just, you just, you just hit on the head, though, you know. And he's, and it's also clear he took less to come here, so it's obvious that it's not just about the money. He's still, he's still getting paid good money, but it's not just about the money. He wants to win. He wants to win, and he wants the opportunity to not be double teamed every freaking play, which is what he was getting, right? Sure. Essentially, he's getting treated the same as Aaron Donald. You know, he's getting held, he's getting double teamed, and, you know, the same thing's happening to Aaron Donald. The fact that both of them can still beat a lot of double teams, still get their numbers when they're they're being focused on by the offense, is why they're good players. And to have two of them on the same field at the same time, I, I, th- I just think it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to watch the first game. Well, to another thing, when you look at his stats, his stats aren't that impressive. But yet his grades are high. So what, where's the disparity? Well, you just I mean, you just mentioned it, the fact that he's getting held a lot, that he's not everything he does is going to show up on a stat sheet. It's just how it is. It's, it's how it is for any defensive tackle. Any nose tackle. They're never going to put up great numbers. Aaron Donald got like, what, 12 sacks last year? That's amazing for defensive tackle. That doesn't happen. Right. Aaron Donald's the exception to the rule, but... The way the way that a defensive tackle does his job is he stops a run and he plugs holes. If he can get some sacks, great. But that's not really his job. His job is to just plug up the middle. That's really what a defensive tackle is supposed to do. You know, back in the high school coaching days and stuff, we used to tell our linemen just to get low and, if necessary, bear crawl sideways. Just close the hole. Doesn't matter if you make a tackle, just plug it up. Well, that's essentially what these big tough guys in the middle are doing for us. They're plugging it up. And that's where we had a big disparity in our defense last year was that we weren't plugging up the hole. There were these huge holes in the middle. Well, you aren't going to push Donald and Sue and Brockers, all three out of the play. It's not going to happen. So it's that's why I say with a good defensive line and a good nose tackle, you can have mediocre linebackers that can come up and make the tackle. And that's why I think they either had to sign someone that can play that nose tackle role or they needed to bring in a good middle linebacker. And now since they've brought Sue on, I'm not as concerned about having an elite linebacker. I just want guys that can tackle and you know defend the pass on the tight ends. And if we can bring in guys that can do that, whether it's out of the draft or free agency, whatever it may be, we're going to be a tough defense to beat. The two, the two biggest factors on any defense are coverage and, and stopping the run and pass rush. Those th- I guess three. Those three things mm-hmm. are, are the biggest thing. Linebackers 
they're the guys that clean up. They're the guys that, that get the glory a lot of times when they didn't have to do anything other than make the tackle. I played linebacker. It wasn't me that was doing all the work when I made a tackle. It was my defensive tackle that was standing up the tackle or the guard so that I could come in next to him and make the tackle in the backfield or in the line. So that's why defensive tackles, just like offensive guards, don't get a lot of notoriety. They're not the special players or the big stars in the league unless you're an Aaron Donald type. Well, now we have a Sue, which is somewhat of an Aaron Donald type. You put those two side by side, and it's going to be crazy. Again, you just mentioned that, though. Stopping the run, plugging the gaps. The Rams now have three of the top 12 interior run defenders in the league from last year. Yep. Sue, the 92.4. Brockers, the 88. And Donald, the 87.5. Yes. That's what we've needed all along. (laughs) That's what we've needed. Absolutely. Okay. We're getting ready to close up shop, folks. A couple of things here before we sign off. A couple of questions from fans here. Jesse Vargas asks us, Norm, um, what could the Rams be looking for in the third or later rounds in case the Rams do trade their first-round pick for OBJ? Linebackers. 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 <laughs> Jesse, it's a no-brainer, dude. It's going to be linebackers all the way through. They might, just, throw, they might throw a tight end in there. They might throw an offensive tackle in there. I know they're meeting with my boy from Oregon. Uh, that's a possibility. But uh, in the third round, if they trade away their first rounder, I, I really think they have to go after whatever top linebackers left, and then they can kind of do some other things later. But with their third round pick, if that's their top pick, they're going to have to go after a linebacker unless they sign some free agents. I also wouldn't be surprised if they package some of the six rounders with a third rounder to move up to the second round if they can. Exactly. Try and get there. They're going to. I don't see the Rams moving. Not moving. If they lose this first rounder to a trade for OBJ, that I don't see them waiting until a third round to get their linebacker. I don't. I just don't see it happen. They need one badly. Right. All right. Our second question here comes from Justin Orisic. He asks, "What do you guys? Who do you think will benefit more from the other, Sue or Donald, and why?" Well, I think they'll both benefit from each other pretty equally. I mean, Donald's already pretty dominant on his own, but if you can have Sue maybe taking away a double team from Donald or vice versa, it's just going to make the other player you know, much more dominant on that particular play. So, And, I, and honestly, like I said, I think Brockers is going to have a better year just because of the fact that Sue and, and Donald are going to get double teamed a lot. Now, Donald's been getting double teamed <laughs> just about every play in his career. But you've got Sue on there who's going to demand a double team now too every once in a while. So unless they're taking the play away from both of them, it's going to bring a lot more opportunity to Brockers. But I think, honestly, I think Donald will probably benefit the most from it. Just having somebody else be a force on the line, it's it's definitely going to open up things for him. And he's already got incredible numbers. So if I had to pick one, I'd say Donald's probably going to benefit from it the most. And I disagree. I think Sue does. I, and again, this is becoming the the, uh, the trend here. I have to disagree with Norm. No, I just think that when it comes to Sue and Donald, let's just be honest, Donald's still a bit of a better player. And if it, I think if teams are going to choose a double team somebody, they're still going to choose a double team Donald, which would be great for Sue. I mean, so that's my rationale that is, is believing that, you know, pick pick your poison. I'm going, I'm going to try and stop the more potent poison. And that's going to be Donald. That said, you mentioned Brockers. 
And I would not be surprised to see Brockers make a big, big leap in pass rush next year. Just having those two guys next to him, I would not surprise me at all. He might even be, he might even make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, as much as Sue and and Donald are going to demand, and you know, and then if you throw on top of that, if we have decent or or better than decent outside linebackers, you know, to put some pass rush on, that's gonna it's gonna make this team mean. So, and I and I I could agree with you too and say that Sue could benefit the most. I just said if I had to pick one, I would pick Donald, but I think Sue could definitely you know, benefit from it as well. Well, one thing I think for sure we'll see next year more of is, and this is going to sound weird, we're going to see more holding calls against opposing offenses. These guys are going to have to choose between double team one or the other. There's going to be a lot of frenzied offensive lines facing these guys next year. And with that comes more holding and more blatant holding. So I would not be surprised to see just the sheer number of holding calls against opposing offensive lines going up dramatically next year. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's how I'd see it. No, I, I think you're right on that one. Unless, unless, of course, we're playing the Patriots and you might not see a flag all game. You know, I don't think they're on the docket until possibly a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, let's hope, that they, let's, hope, let's hope they call uh, holding then. Yeah. Is that, didn't, didn't, they, didn't the NFL hire Ed Hockey was kid? Is he, is he picking up? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> All right, folks. So we're getting ready to sign off here. Thanks to both Jesse and Justin for sending their questions in. If you have any questions for us, email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Also, please, again, we can't say it enough. Head on over to iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Subscribe. We deeply appreciate that support. You can also hit us up on SoundCloud, Stitcher iHeartRadio, we're on Google Play, geez, I need to keep going, Android, and of course, IE Beat Radio on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. and Saturdays and Sundays as well, 10 a.m. Finally, you always feel free to leave us a call at 657-666-5453. We check it daily. If you have any questions that you want us to address on the show, you just saw we address them, so drop us a line. Okay. Finally, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Our goal this year is to hit 20,000 likes. We're halfway there. So please head on to Facebook. We're facebook.com uh, forward slash Rams Talk. We're on Twitter at Talk Rams. Get me on Twitter at DC Apollo. And of course, Norm at Norm Hightower. Norm, any final thoughts, man? Yeah. Happy Easter, everybody. Yeah. Please, please have a safe uh Safe weekend and have a good time with your families and enjoy this time of the year. And hopefully you have good weather to go with it. And again, thanks for all the support that we're getting from the fans and the people that are calling in and leaving messages and, and sending us messages online. And don't forget to check out our website at ramstalk.net for articles and up-to-date stuff as well as history stuff. And, you know, we just appreciate all the support. Yeah, we even have a Facebook group now that's growing. It's growing a lot, too. The Facebook group is basically our forum. And so it, thank you for being uh, with us on, the, on this wild ride and hopefully this wild ride re- this year results in a Super Bowl run. All right. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Apollo. Peace out. Adios.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.